People, you already know what time it is. You already know what I'm about to say. You've been around long enough to know what's happening right now. It's the Marquette Effect Podcast, and I'm your host, Marquette. I'm probably going to change the intro up and get tired of saying the shit. You already know where you are. At this point, you know what the situation is. It's ain't a game. You know what's happening right now. You about to listen to some beautiful words from yours truly is what's happening. Just sipping a little bit of coffee to uh, get this thing started. How are y'all today? It is Tuesday, I think. Let me check. Yes, it is Tuesday the 7th, and I'm procrastinating uh, starting work and just decided to do a podcast, right? Because I have the freedom to do so. Don't judge me. Do what I want, all right? I do what I want. But I hope you all are having a beautiful Tuesday. If you're at work, I hope that you are doing something you enjoy. If you are commuting to work right now, keep your eyes on the fucking road. Uh, get there safely. Um, stop by Starbucks. Get a deliver- delicious beverage. Huh? Get a delicious beverage. Maybe they have the, the Christian theme uh, drinks that are delightful still. Maybe you can get them at a cheaper price. Huh? Maybe get a little bit of... Uh, 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 gingerbread cream, right? Sip that down, throw that down your mouth, enjoy your day. I don't know, uh, but we're getting started with the podcast, man. And um, you know, I've I've spoke a lot about like the way we're executing on social media this year, huh? We're putting out content for your ass, for your ass. We're keeping it coming. We're keeping. We're trying to strike the the, the iron wires hot. You know what I mean? So we want to go ahead and uh, make sure that we're executing properly. I talked with one of my mentors yesterday. Um, he was giving me a little bit of advice because, you know, the thing that's been holding me up, people, the problem that I've had with social media is the fact that I want my shit to be quality. Right. I want to put out the best shit. When I see there's a trend of something going on and I see people are putting out similar videos, I'm like, hmm, Marquette, how can we Let's call back to last episode's joke about my name? Anyway, uh, how can we outdo what everyone else is doing? For example, TikTok. I just released a video on TikTok. Uh, and Instagram and Facebook, but it was primarily a TikTok video. And the premise of the video or the trend that I uh, acted upon was this whole thing about World War Three. Right. And people on TikTok are releasing content centered around what it would be like in World War Three or preparing for World War Three or trying to avoid World War Three. And, you know, people were very topical with their execution. It was always about, like, how can I get out of it? Like women were saying like, oh, if there's going to be equal rights, we're going to have to participate in the war. And then the woman would hurt, put on a dress and start cleaning and cooking and pretending like, oh, I'm cool with traditional women um, stereotypes. So I should avoid the war. You know, it's just people were doing the same jokes about this topic. So I was like, OK, how can I go deeper with it? How about I play myself in the future? reflecting on the war and telling the story of the war and using my particular uh, style of humor, which is very witty and wordy and execute there. That way I will be outdoing everyone who's doing this particular bit. And I think I did a pretty damn good job. I made some great references that if you're not on TikTok, you probably won't get. But if you are on TikTok, however, you're going to think like, wow, this was actually well executed. Video didn't do as well as I wanted, nigga. So apparently the video wasn't that great. But I don't think it was that the the video wasn't that great. I just think that and like comedy, the way that I execute, I'm more so kind of like okay. So like in hip hop, you have the people who are like hip hop heads, right? 
they pay extra attention to their lyrics, all that kind of shit, the delivery, what they're talking about, the subject matter, the content. And then you got like mumble rappers or mainstream successful rappers who who don't put a lot of effort in what they're doing. They put out a lot of work, but there's not a lot of effort that goes on to it. So they have mainstream success. And then you have people like Common or KRS-One who are putting more effort into their lyrics and they don't get as much success. They're like popular in pockets of, of fan bases, but it never gets to a super financially successful level. It's kind of how I am, right? I'm like the Common of 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 the lane of comedy that I'm in. Uh, whereas I put a lot of effort into things when really I could just fucking make farting sounds and make funny faces and dance and get more people engaged. But I don't want to do that. It's not fun to me. What's fun to me is coming up with an interesting angle on something and executing there. Uh, and I was talking to my mentor uh, yesterday about it. And he was like, well, you can't really judge quality. Nobody knows what quality is, right? I kind of disagree with him because I'm like, well, there are, the, yes, creativity is subjective mostly, but there are some objective elements to it, right? Like for comedy, one objective part is people who do comedy normally don't like cliches, right? So if you are watching like any top comedian, anyone who has a Netflix special, they don't, they're not trying to. They look down upon people who do cliche jokes, jokes they don't take much effort to come up with, right? There is this a concept of, of easy jokes, whereas like if you come up with a joke and other people came up with that same joke, that joke was an easy joke to come up with. Like your brain naturally went to a place and you just took the first place your brain took the idea. And other people did the same and now you end up with the same joke, right? So those are easy jokes. And you have to go a layer deeper. You have to unpack it a little bit more, hit it from a different angle. And then you come up with a unique spin on that topic that nobody else can come up with. My video ideas, nobody else come up with because I thought more deeply about those subjects. Um, so with that being said, my my mentor was like, listen, I'm trying to make you get more exposure, put more money in your pocket. And to do that, you got to play the game, right? Triple H style. You got to play the game, baby. You got to go ahead and just do what the audience wants. What they want is just some goofy shit, some shit that doesn't really take much thought. They just want someone to, like, say, Ha Ha Davis, for example. Um, yeah, that's no disrespect to any other creators out there. But Ha Ha Davis, like, he has a formula now for his videos. And that's fine. You can have a formula for your videos. But he pretty much just, okay, you know he's going to yell, right? There's going to be some yelling. There's going to be somebody fussing about some shit. And that's just what's going to be the situation. So uh, that's what people want, though. They want just some topical humor that they can just chuckle at and keep it moving. More than anything, they want things that are relatable. Problem with my skits, they're not very relatable. I just make shit that I know is funny. But people on social media, in that space of comedy... They want relatable shit. They want shit that reminds them of their own life, right? So in order to do that, I kind of not care about quality as much and just triple H it, baby. Play the game. So eventually at the end of that call, I, uh, I he wore me down. I agreed with him eventually. I was like, all right, well, you're right, right? He's like, do the, the whole like specialized comedy quality focused out on the back end after you've already built an audience. I don't start off like that. Right. And that's kind of how Jay-Z executed on his career. Now, I would say that Jay-Z kind of found the middle path. Right. He found the path where he can, like, put out quality work, but also make it in such a way that people liked. He had mainstream appeal. I think he said um, 
he should be rapping like common sense that he made five mil. I haven't been rapping like common sense, right? So I think what he's alluding to the fact is that he can get way more philosophical, way deeper on with his verses, talk about way serious subjects, but people don't want to hear that. So he's going to put out like big pimping, right? Um, and now you see on the back end of him, you know, later on in his career, he's starting to put out the type of content that he would like to hear, right? Um, and I can follow that same approach. I can water down my content a little bit, dumb it down, if you will, make it more silly and relatable so that people will resonate with it more. And that will just do wonders for my exposure. So that if you notice a change in my content, just know that is the focus. Try to make people with low IQ laugh. So we're going to go ahead and um and do that. My mentor also told me that he, he would like to see me... um put out content that is more centered around my journey to get into my ultimate end goal. The idea behind that is like, how cool would it have been if Kevin Hart like documented his journey in some way, the struggles that he faced, the things that he was focused on, the, the goals that he set. And then you see how those things play out in real time. And then like you saw Kevin Hart go from being like an open mic comic to becoming Kevin Hart. And you saw every step of the process. That would be amazing. Now, I'm not egotistical enough to think that I'm Kevin Hart. That's not what I'm saying, people. What I'm saying is the shit that I'm on is going somewhere. I think everyone has an inkling about that. Like I'm definitely heading in some direction, some level of success. I don't know how big. Maybe I end up on a TV show. Maybe I end up writing for a TV show. Um, who knows what the fuck it is. But just know that there this train is headed into a bigger direction than where it currently occupies. So it will be cool to see how I execute on it. And then if anyone is listening to me that wants to do the same thing, maybe they'll, you know, can siphon some value off off of the words that I'm speaking. Who the fuck knows but so i I definitely want to do that more in this podcast which brings me to my next point brighten a movie bitch we are writing a movie right now i won't tell you the premise i won't tell you what it contains but just know a movie is getting written um this is my first attempt at writing a film and you know i what i struggle with right now is the fact that i think that i'm more uh better equipped (laughs) to write tv as opposed to movies uh because movies are a much more involving process and tv is like you come up with one idea and then you just think laterally and execute on it movies is it's not like that you have to continue you have to like with tv you can take your time to tell a story to a character to develop characters and all that kind of stuff in a movie you have to like do it in a more compact way and that way is a little more challenging than tv so I've been doing a lot of studying, a lot of research, right? Been doing a lot of uh uh educating myself on how to properly execute on making a movie. One of the best things that I found, I don't know if you all like ideas or theories, but this is my podcast, so I don't give a fuck, you can leave. Uh there's an idea called the story circle that I discovered, which was created by Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon, if you don't know who that fat fuck is, he is the creator of Rick and Morty and also the creator of community. Uh, and various other things. He's a very hilarious guy. Uh, his his stick is like he makes a lot of jokes and commentary around like pop culture cliches. Like if you watch Community, like multiple episodes per seasons are uh, based around like concepts. Like they may do like a spaghetti western theme show episode um, with the backdrop of a community college 
it's very funny stuff. So he's a great storyteller, and his focus primarily more so than jokes is on stories. So I know that in order to create a good movie, you have to make the story well good. Same thing with TV. Telling the story, the story has to be the prime focus. It can't be you're writing a, even no matter what. It doesn't matter what the genre is. If you're writing a comedy movie. Most people will be like, I got to make this funny. Yes, motherfucker, you got to make this funny. But more important than that, the story has to be good. The story has to stand on its own, right? So in other words, if we take all the jokes out this motherfucker, it should still be a good story. That needs to be the focus. If you're trying to create something good, if you're trying to create fucking a straight to DVD movie, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're trying to create something that's noteworthy, that people actually would keep returning to and watching over and over again, the story has to be something that resonates with people. So, that being said, Dan Harmon came up with this concept of the story circle, which is loosely based, well, it's pretty much based off of Joseph Campbell's uh, Hero's Journey, which I've spoke about on this podcast before, but it's a more condensed version of it. So, what he does is he draws a circle, he divides the circle into parts, like a pie, right? There's four parts, and then each one of those points he writes like he numbers it from one to eight and it creates a full circular narrative and each one of those eight points are titled as you need go find search uh take um return change right i won't go deep and explain what each one of those points are but it serves the purpose of providing a macro level outline of the story that you're taking because at the end of every story how you notice a good movie is if has the character changed right has the character experienced some sort of change not change a fucking circumstance that's what people get wrong people think that oh if i make him fat and skinny he's changed no if i make him broken and rich he's changed no that's not it what internal change was made what change in his belief what what was the change in his life philosophy that led him to get in this different result? That's what you have to focus on. That is character development. Think of Walter White and Breaking Bad, right? Walter White had a certain set of beliefs. He got cancer that fucking shook his world up. It changed the way he believed. And then who he used to be was was cut away at inch by inch. He started changing, evolving into a different type of person, right? So by the end of that that at the end of each season he experienced change by the end of the whole series he was a completely different person which is one, uh, is like a master class on character development so if you're trying to see how to properly execute on character development I don't think there's anything better than Breaking Bad that shit is fucking beautiful uh, but yeah so what the story circle provides you is a certain structure that you can use to outline movies. And then the beautiful thing is you can also use the same story circle to outline different acts in your movies. Like there's three acts to a movie, uh, act one, act two, act three, obviously beginning, middle, end. Uh, you can also outline your character journey. So you can outline the character arts, your particular characters. So what I've been doing is focusing a lot of time on outlining. Uh, because... That's important. That's why I've not done any of this type of work in the past because I was too lazy to outline. I just wanted to start writing because that's the enjoyable part is actually writing the dialogue, writing the script. But you can't you end up getting frustrated because there's holes in your story. You don't know where to take it and you just stop. I have so many scripts that are fucking undone because I didn't outline. It's ridiculous. Um, so the biggest thing that I made uh, 
in as far as my journey of writing is to properly outline and I spend an ungodly amount of time outlining. It's almost annoying, man. But, you know, in my job, one important thing that I learned is to always front load the work. Do most of the work at the beginning because then you set yourself up to make everything else easy and seamless. So I do a lot of uh, detailed outlining at the beginning of the process in order to save time on the back end. So when I start writing, I can just focus on writing. So this movie that me and my writing partners came up with is um, so far it's pretty decent. I'm excited to go ahead and write the first draft. It should be done by March 31st. The first draft that is, I'll be done much. I'll probably be done by like mid February to be honest with you. Um, cause the outline's pretty much done. Um, but so yeah, so we're going to write it. I'm going to write the first draft. They're going to go pick it up and, you know, rewrite it, rewrite it some more. And then one of the other guys is going to go in and punch it up. That essentially means make parts funnier, right? Include more jokes, make it more ha 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 ha. Yeah. So, and we're going to uh, a black film festival, ABF, a black film, ABFF, right? Uh, which I spoke on the last podcast, um, which is taking place in Miami, Florida. So listen, if I got any followers in Miami, Florida, pull up on me real quick, right? We're going to be in South Beach, not partying, nothing like that. Like the film festival was like all day events. We're going to be there. We're going to be networking, trying to sell um, the previous movie that I'm in, trying to sell or create interest around the movie that we're writing right now. Uh, so it's a very interesting time. I didn't know how important film festivals were, man. Film festivals are apparently a, a major thing that people should focus on. Like, I didn't know how accessible these people are in this industry, right? Like, bit like Ryan Coogler was there. If you know who Ryan Coogler is, he was the director and I think a writer of um, Fruitvale Station, that Michael B. Jordan movie, and uh, the director of Black Panther. Um, so he was there one year. I think Jordan Peele was there one year. Uh, representation, agents, it all it's just where you need to be, especially if you're a black creator. But beyond that, film festivals, if you're trying to get into the space, that's 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 it's a necessary thing. And like the director and writer of the previous movie I was in put me on game. He was like, yo. Film festivals is where that's where the shit happens. You have to go. You can't afford not to go. Um, there's competitions. You can submit your work. You can make your film and have it shown there. You can write a, a script and submit it into competitions. There's master classes where they teach you how to write better, how to act better, how to direct better, right? How to be a showrunner, I think was the the major thing last year. So definitely excited about that. But my nigga, them tickets are pricey. Huh? They're super pricey. Price, price. Price is not right, huh? It's it, it, $150, bro, is like the basic level pass, and it goes up from there. And I'm like, oh, hold on, big dog. Like, niggas like me trying to find a secret way in, like a secret passageway, right? Like, I'm Aladdin. How the fuck do I get in this bitch? Uh, and, like, I was even contemplating just volunteering for the shit. Me like, all right, volunteers getting free? Cool, I'll volunteer. I'll work <laughs> at the shit in order to get into that bitch, but... Uh, nah, man, we can go ahead and purchase that ticket, purchase, uh, the Airbnb, not Airbnb, uh, the hotel and do some networking, man. I'm excited. Uh, only thing is I don't know how to network, nigga. I have no fucking idea. So that's something that I have to learn how to do because I've never had to do it before. Like I'm not used to making connections with people who I have no, 
natural rapport with. The people who I know I have natural rapport with, right? So, okay, we were around each other. We got to talking. We were into the same things. We had the same sense of humor. Maybe we were interested in the same, you know, ideas, philosophy, what have you. And our energy just clicked. But to go to someone who's like, we have nothing in common with and then try to create rapport with that person, not experienced there. So that's definitely something I need to practice. And if you have any advice, I'm open to it. I don't need to always be the teacher. Sometimes I can be the student. If you know more about this space, networking, please inform me. Teach me. Let me know the secrets. And uh, I will be indebted to you. But let's move on with this podcast. I don't want to bore you all too much with this film festival talk. Just know that if you are interested in this industry, that is something that you should be considering. Now we're going to transition to entertainment. Entertainment. Mint, mint, mint. I need to have like some audio clips that uh, designate when I change topics. That'd be cool. Uh, you know, I told you I was going to do like an entertainment like portion of this podcast. Last uh, week, I talked about the TV show. Um, what's it called? Fuck. It's like Messiah. That's what it's called on Netflix. I saw the intro for that, like the, the trailer. And I was like, yo, this shit's going to be dope. Nope, nigga. Like, nope. And I watched like three episodes, bro. The shit is so slow paced. Like the idea is so good behind like what the pr- the premise is a great premise. It's just so fucking paced, man. Jesus Christ. Like, speed the shit up, man. Like, they take so long. I think they're trying to make it, like, a show like Messiah should be a show that has um, a predetermined amount of seasons. It should be like, okay, this is a three-part series. That's just me, my intuition. I have no logic to back that up. I don't see how long you can milk a premise where either the real Jesus comes back or a guy who is impersonating Jesus comes back. To me, the best shows in general just have like a predetermined amount of seasons. All my favorite shows, for the most part, either had a predetermined amount of seasons or had seasons that fucking sucked because they tried to keep milking the audience. Like, um, what's a good show? Uh, it wasn't really a show for me, but it was still a really good show. Um, it's like fucking bikers that came on FX. What was it called? Fuck. Sons of Anarchy, right? Sons of Anarchy had a predetermined amount of seasons. The guy had this whole narrative. He had broken down the seasons and he had an ending for it. And because he executed in that way, the each season was good. Right. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is a great comedy. They didn't really have a predetermined amount of seasons, but they decided to naturally end it when, you know, the story kind of felt like it ended. And that made for a much better show. Right. When you try to milk, like think of. um, uh, What's the show called? Not The Walking Dead. Fuck. Even though that's fucking stupid now. Um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones didn't really have a predetermined. They wanted to milk Game of Thrones. They got it to the point they was like right in the head of where the books were going. Um, and then they forced the ending. They didn't even like that. They didn't even let that shit breathe as much as they should have. They forced the ending. It's just when you're operating in a moment like that, when you're reactive with the scripts, it just it, you're going to have some sucky seasons. Uh, one of my favorite shows, um, just like a guilty pleasure. It's not a well-written show or anything. Just the premise was cool. Uh, Once Upon a Time it started off great ended fucking stupid because they just tried to milk it and it was like bro just have a predetermined people like they're sad to see shows go but it's better to go on your 
terms than to be forced out by just the audience not watching you anymore. That's a better conclusion to your story as a writer. So uh, I haven't finished Messiah, nor will I, because I'm not wasting my fucking time watching that shit. I give it two thumbs down. Um, one thing that I am enjoying right now is One Punch Man. I don't know if y'all watched that. I'm not really into anime like that, but for some reason, I think I saw like a clip of One Punch Man because my um, little cousin was watching it, and it was funny. I was like, oh, this is funny. Uh, and the premise was, was good, so I gave it a shot, and yo, it's a really good show. One Punch Man is really good, and I've been watching it daily. So, yeah. If you haven't seen One Punch Man, watch that. But listen, people, uh, I know I didn't end this show organically. <laughs> it doesn't feel like this show is about to end, <laughs> but it is. I got to go to work. Um, we'll work on getting the pacing of this podcast right. I know it's something that has kind of buggy right now. But um, anywho, I hope you all have a great Tuesday, a great week. I'll talk to you again on Thursday. And with that being said, Marquette out.